Season 5, Episode 26 of JV to the Pros. I'm your host, Jack Vecchio. And yes, I am back from Phoenix, from pitching at the World Baseball Championships. And I got to tell you, I was planning a very, very long show tonight. I have a lot of information, a lot of stories, a lot of stuff to share with you. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to compress this episode so that... Um, we can end up putting some of the stories on the um, on episode 27. This is episode 26 of JV to the Pro Season 5, episode 26. And um, I do want to cover three celebrity uh, deaths that occurred in the last week and a half. And I also want to talk about the 2023 World Baseball Championships, which everyone knows I went out there and... Ah, <laughs> and I had a really, really good time. Uh, although it did break my heart to um, have to face the manager of my Yankees team here that I pitch for, and he came up to bat, and um, I just thought, oh, at first I thought, you know, should I just kind of leave one over the plate? And and then I thought, you know what? If I left one over the plate, he'd hit it. So if he's willing to hit it, then, you know, what I should do is I should pitch my best. And if he can hit it, great. And if he can't, he can't. And I ended up striking him out. So, but uh, it still didn't feel, it still didn't feel too good. So, <clears throat> although I have to say my team was pretty happy about it. <laughs> I just... <laughs> Well, they didn't cheer that much, but they did cheer when when I so I ended up shutting down my old uh, the team that I played for last year that um, didn't play me, and I went back to get vengeance on them, and I did shut them down, and then um, I kept getting a sign for fastball, 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 and I threw about eighteen in a row, and yeah, they started hitting them because you can measure any speed. Uh, it doesn't matter how fast the fastball is. If you're throwing the same pitch again and again and again, yeah, the other team is going to start hitting it. And I ended up giving up like six runs, and I was not was not thrilled about that. But anyway, um, they did pull me out of the game, and I did bat in several games while I was out there. And I batted 250. I was two for eight. And one of the plays uh, <laughs> is still is still being looked at on the video replay, but uh, we do have a link for one of the games in which I only batted, I didn't pitch, and we'll put that up. Um, speaking of baseball, I want to congratulate the Texas Rangers for getting their very first World Series championship tonight. On the night that I'm doing this show, the Texas Rangers closed out the Arizona Diamondbacks in five games, winning four of them and being the becoming the first team in Major League Baseball history to win 11 road games through the playoffs. They won 11 in a row through the playoffs, including the three in Arizona. So congratulations to the Texas Rangers and, and Corey Seager. Man, that guy's a beast. 
I think he had like six or seven home runs in the in the playoffs. It was just, I mean, he went off. It was crazy, but um, good for him. I mean, that's, you know, he was just pounding and pounded it. It was awesome. Um, the celebrity deaths I wanted to talk about were that of Burt Young from my favorite movie franchise in all of history, which, of course, is the Rocky movies. And I I was looking at some of the great, great lines that Burt Young had in the making of the Rocky movies. And first of all, I want to point out the fact that Burt Young was a former boxer himself. I mean, looking at him overweight and kind of kind of thick and not moving very well, but actually if you look in the original Rocky movie, on the table in the in the living room of his house is an actual picture of Burt Young as a young man in his boxing shorts and and posing for a picture. That picture is actually in the Rocky movie. So he was actually he was actually a boxer in his younger days. But let me just go over a few of the great, great one-liners that, that Pauly, Burt Young had as Pauly in the Rocky movies. And in Rocky Three, Apollo Creed is training Rocky for a rematch with Clubber Lang, played by Mr. T. And Apollo Creed is coming up with every which way to overtrain Rocky in preparation for this this much younger, much stronger opponent. And at one point, Apollo Creed turns to Pauly and he says, can he swim? And Pauly looks at him and he goes, with a name like Rock? <laughs> I mean, and there's a scene in Rocky Three where Rocky bails Pauly out of jail and is walking Pauly to his brand new Maserati in the parking garage. And Pauly looks at the car and says, that cost a lot? And Rocky says, yeah, a few bucks. And Pauly goes, you got an extra one? <laughs> I mean, he was loaded with great lines. There's a scene in Rocky Three where Apollo takes Rocky back to Los Angeles to train at his old gym, at, at Apollo's old gym, and train old school with guys that are hungry, with guys that have that eye of the tiger. And Pauly comes walking in with Adrian, and Pauly grabs Rocky, and he says, hey, I don't know if you know this, but I don't like these people. I mean, the gym is full of black people who are training for hopefully a shot at a championship. And Paulie says to Rocky, hey, I don't like these people. And Rocky looks at him and says, well, maybe don't, they don't like you either. And Paulie says, what'd I do to them? <laughs> it's like and there's a scene when Hulk Hogan is coming to the ring to do the exhibition fight in Rocky 3 and Paulie says why are they carrying him and Mickey looks at Paulie and says he's walking <laughs> I mean 
You know, there, there were so many, there were so many great lines. Paulie has a great line in Rocky Four, where he's walking to the ring for Rocky to fight Ivan Drago. And Paulie says, look, I know sometimes I act stupid and I say stupid things, but you kept me around and other people would have said, drop that bum. So you give me respect. You know, it's kind of hard for me to say these kind of things because it ain't my way. But if I could just unzip myself and, and step out and be someone else, I want to be you. You're all heart rock. Then they get to the ring and he takes a look at Ivan Drago and he says, you remember that thing I said about unzipping and being you? <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and there's a scene in Rocky Three in the rematch where Rocky says that, that Clubber is coming at him, coming at him, coming at him. And he says, I feel like there's three of them. I can't, I can't figure out who to hit. And Paulie says, hit the one in the middle. And Apollo looks at, at Paulie and goes, yeah, yeah, hit the one in the middle. <laughs> I mean, it, it, is, it is awesome. And Paul, Paulie, Paulie, the character of Paulie, was actually featured in all six Rocky movies and was not brought back for the Creed franchise. But um, Paulie, Paulie had some great, great lines in I mean it's just phenomenal I mean you know in the original Rocky movie Adrian has locked herself in her bedroom because she doesn't want to go out on a date with Rocky and Paulie's banging on the door and he says hey you're hanging around like a freaking spider I need you to get out of here and live your life now I want you out here instamatically Instamatically. <laughs> oh man. I could go on and on about it. Just anyway, Burt Young passed away at the age of eighty-three, most well known for the part of Paulie in the Rocky movies. And a little known fact, little known fact, that Burt Young and Talia Shire, who played his sister in the Rocky movies, Burt Young and Talia Shire actually dated in the 90s. And yeah, they kept it to themselves because people would see them as the characters they played in the Rocky movies. <sighs> now, I'm going to go on to our second celebrity passing, which was Richard Roundtree, who was best known for the 1971 film Shaft. And by the way, Shaft had four sequels, but Richard Roundtree broke the ground for black leading actors. Now, I mean, I know Sidney Poitier, but, but Richard Roundtree, who was an actor and a model, became known as Shaft, and he had... Loads and loads of credits, you know, for his career. But he will always be best known for his role as Shaft. Now, the other thing 
I think is interesting is October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And Richard Roundtree, a male, obviously, Richard Roundtree actually died from breast cancer. Um, he's one of the few males to have contracted breast cancer, but he actually died of breast cancer. So Richard Roundtree um, was born in 1942 and died October 24th. 2023. By the way, Richard Roundtree also appeared in Roots and he did a um, small role in Desperate Housewives and I mean, he, he actually did a lot of acting for a long, long time. Now, Roundtree was a New Yorker from upstate New Rochelle, New York and dropped out of college to begin his acting career, which I thought was very interesting that he took that big a chance. Um, he was in City Heat along alongside Clint Eastwood and Burt Reynolds, which is a movie I enjoyed very, very much. And I thought I, it's a period piece that takes place like in the 30s. Um, he was in, he was on the second season of Beverly Hills 90210. Um, he did a comedy film, George of the Jungle. Um, he portrayed Booker T. Washington. Um, it, it, the list of his credits just go on and on. Now, they did um, a sequel to Shaft in 2000 in which Samuel L. Jackson played Shaft. But Richard Roundtree was also in the movie that he started. So... Anyway, Richard Roundtree um, passed away a couple of weeks ago and he absolutely left his mark on the world of show business. Richard Roundtree, a very accomplished actor and we will miss you. The last actor celebrity I want to talk about is Matthew Perry and my connection to Matthew Perry is minimal I happen to have been with Courtney Cox when she landed the role on Friends we were in Barry Levinson's office actually we were in there with Kiefer Sutherland and the three of us were in there and Courtney got word that she had landed Friends and it it wasn't called Friends at that point but um, she would go on to co-star with Matthew Perry on Friends. And um, I always, I thought it was interesting. I always wondered how Matthew Perry had lost like the first knuckle of, I think it was his um, left middle finger. And so he had one finger that was clearly shorter than the others. And he did his best to disguise it on camera on the sh on the show friends but matthew perry battled alcoholism for 30 years 30 years straight he battled alcoholism and he wrote a book talking about his trials and tribulations and in his book he talked about the fact that in the penguin population when a penguin is ill 
or suffering in some way, the other penguins gather around that penguin and make sure that they support, physically support the penguin until the penguin is able to support themselves. And he said that that's the way he felt with his former cast members of Friends. They checked on him, constantly checked on him, and he would promise, yes, that's the last time. I won't be drinking again. You have nothing to worry about. And he would lie, and he would drink again. because, And he went to rehab. I think he went to rehab six different times, and I think he went into treatment like 65 times. And in an interview he gave just last year, he talked about the fact that people will probably remember him for the show Friends, but what he would prefer to be remembered for is the fact that he did not hesitate to help people who are struggling with alcohol and addiction. And he let people know they could call him anytime, day or night, and he would be there for them. And he said that's what he's most proud of, yet he couldn't beat his own addiction. He couldn't, he just couldn't, couldn't do it. And so Matthew Perry um, was found dead in his own jacuzzi in his L.A. home, and that was about a week ago. And so Matthew Perry, best known for the TV show Friends, has passed away at the age of 53. Rest in peace, Matthew Perry. Okay, let's move on to a recap of what happened in the NFL on week eight. And we've got some surprises. I I told you that I, I completely bombed last week. I actually only got three games right last week. And I'm still only one game back off the lead on the season. <clears throat> so, um, oh wait, that was the week before. Last week, I actually got 11 right. So I'm right back up to like 75% correct. So the Lions had to bounce back from a, a completely humiliating loss to the Ravens. And they went up against the, Ra- the Raiders and... Beat the Raiders handily, 26-14. The Titans against the Falcons in a game that would be decided in the final moments of the game. Falcons had this game won, and they let one of the Titans get loose, and he scored very late in the game. And the Titans scored a touchdown in each quarter, winning 28-23. Titans and Falcons and Indianapolis, those three teams, you can't, you just can't tell what's going on with them, man. (laughs) Now, every team in the NFL had at least one win and one loss, except the Panthers. The Panthers hadn't had a win. And the Texans, the Texans were, they were cooking. CJ Shroud, I mean, they were killing it. Well, I'll tell you what, Panthers, we're down 13-12, and as time expired, the Panthers kicked the game-winning field goal, getting themselves in the win column, and now everyone in the NFL has at least one win and one loss. The Panthers are not going to go 0-17. They beat the Texans 15-13, and frankly, I think if they play that game 100 times, the Panthers probably win twice. 
but they won last week 15-13. So congratulations to the Carolina Panthers. You are in the win column. I told you the Jaguars, Jaguars are on a tear. Jaguars, Jaguars are six and two. They went into Pittsburgh and punched the Steelers right in the face, 20 to 10. So, I mean, Trevor Lawrence threw for almost 300 yards. Um, Etienne, man, 79 yards on, on 24 attempts. But they kept the ball moving and they kept the clock going. Okay, I picked the Cowboys over the Rams, even though the Rams had been doing very, very well. But the Rams are going to go into Dallas. And I said, the Cowboys, yeah, Cowboys did everything right that day. There were 63 points scored in this game, and the Cowboys scored 43 of them. Yeah, 43-20, the Cowboys beat the Rams. The Vikings in a heartbreaking game for the Minnesota Vikings fans as Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles on a play where he began to scramble, and you see it pop. You can see it happen. But the Vikings still managed to beat the Packers in Green Bay, as I predicted. And the Vikings won 24-10, but now the Vikings are without their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, and he'll be gone for the rest of the season. But Kirk Cousins still threw for almost 300 yards, and he had them in this game in a big way. So all the best to Kirk Cousins as he's going to be healing away. Uh, he may want to give Aaron Rodgers a call because Aaron Rodgers looks like he's coming back this year. and <laughs> That would be incredible. I took the Dolphins over the Patriots because I don't believe in Mac Jones and I don't believe in the Patriots. And the Dolphins ended up beating the Patriots 31-17. The Saints, the Saints seem to come and go with that, with that defense. You just don't know what you're dealing with with them. But they beat the Colts 38-27. Eagles, I thought the Eagles were going to probably crush the Commanders. Well, Eagles ended up winning, but it was a one-score game. They won 38-31. We're going to see what happens now. The Eagles are facing Dallas, and I think that's going to be the game of the week. I think that's going to be Ali Frazier. I think that's going to be the tug of the war, tug of war, and I think it's going to be real interesting to see who who prevails in that game. I'm thinking since the game, the Eagles are at home. I think that game has the Eagles winning. But you know that game, <laughs> flip a coin and then flip it again. It doesn't matter. We don't know what's going to happen in that game. The Battle of New York. The Jets and Giants, the roommates at MetLife Stadium, they broke an all-time record for punting. The Jets were not able to convert on 12 consecutive third-down plays. They couldn't seem to get a first down, punt, 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 and they broke an NFL record for consecutive punts because they could not figure out how to move the ball 10 yards. Now, here's the here's the kicker. The Jets managed to find themselves down 10-7, and with one second on the clock, they spiked the ball, and Zerline came in, tied the game, and then in overtime, in a game that was tremendously boring, the Jets got themselves in field goal range and put everybody out of the misery. Jets won 13-10. And next week, the Jets are facing the Chargers on Monday Night Football. I had the Browns 
beating the Seahawks, and the Seahawks pulled it out. 24-20, late in the fourth quarter. Seahawks took the lead and never gave it back. The Ravens, I thought the Ravens were going to drop 50 on the Cardinals. And instead, that turned out to be a one-score game, 31-24 over the Cardinals. The Ravens, Ravens are looking good. They're 6-2, and two, and they're doing, they're doing great. Now, here is the shock, shock, shock game of the week. The Broncos, who were 2-5, and five, go up against the Chiefs. And I don't care if the game is in Kansas City, Denver, or somebody's backyard. The Chiefs should win. But Patrick Mahomes came down with the flu, and they were trying to treat him so he would be good for the game. Well, they didn't treat him well enough because Patrick Mahomes just didn't play well. He was throwing interceptions, and the Broncos played the best game they'd played all year and ended up beating the Chiefs 24-9. to that was a shocker because I actually had the Bron Broncos on a guaranteed loss. <sighs> now, I did take the Niners to beat the Bengals, but Joe Burrow and the Bengals, they're gamers. I mean, they're playing. They're playing hard. They're playing that they're worthy. And the Bengals beat the 49ers 31-17, dropping the 49ers to 5-3 and three now. I think the 49ers might be the best team in all of football. But the 49ers lost to the Bengals. The Bengals are four and three, and the Niners are five and three. Now, the Chargers and the Bears. This game was not as close as the score is going to show. The Chargers beat them 30 to 13. The Chargers could have dropped 60 on them if they wanted to. The Chargers just. I mean, Herbert threw for almost 300 yards, and the Chargers just kept scoring. I think the Chargers pumped the brakes in the fourth quarter because they didn't score at all in the fourth quarter, but this game was already out of reach. The Buccaneers went to Buffalo to play the Bills, and this turned out to be a nail-biter. The Buccaneers got within six, which means a touchdown and an extra point wins the game. Except the Bucks couldn't get the ball back, and Buffalo wins 24-18. And that was a shocking game because people thought the Bills probably will win this thing pretty easily. All right, let me go. That was, that was my recap of Week 8. But now let's take a look at the games coming up. Now, for Thursday's game, you got Tennessee going to Pittsburgh. And I thought Pittsburgh wins that game. I think, okay, you know, Pittsburgh is at home. I take Pittsburgh. So we'll see what ends up actually happening, but that's my prediction. Now for the Sunday games, Miami is playing Kansas City. Now I got to figure Mahomes is all healed by now. I think Mahomes at home in front of his Kansas City fans and Taylor will do just fine. Both teams are six and two. One will drop to six and three. One will go to seven and two. And I think the Kansas City Chiefs will pull this one out at home against the Dolphins. Tampa Bay is going to Houston. Now Houston has to, from that loss to Carolina last week. 
Now, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but I'll tell you what. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at like who, who wins this game? You know, is it Tampa Bay? Is it Houston? You know, I don't know. I'm taking Houston. I'm thinking Houston bounces back from that loss last week to Carolina, and they do it. The Rams are going to Green Bay. I am taking the Rams. I don't think Green Bay and Jordan Love, I don't think they got it together. They're 2-5, and five and they're just heading in the wrong direction. I, th I think the Rams go into Green Bay, and I take the Rams. Chicago is going down to New Orleans. New Orleans is 4-4, four and four, and I think New Orleans comes out of this Five and four. I take New Orleans over Chicago. Seattle is traveling cross country to Baltimore. Baltimore is a pretty complete package right there. They're six and two. I'm thinking that Baltimore ends up seven and two. I take Baltimore. Minnesota without Kirk Cousins going to Atlanta. I think without Kirk Cousins, I take Atlanta. Atlanta's four and four. Minnesota's four and four. I think Minnesota ends up four and five. Atlanta ends up five and four. I take Atlanta in that game. Atlanta at home. Arizona is going to Cleveland to face that Cleveland defense. That Cleveland defense is the number one defense in all of football. I take Cleveland to beat Arizona. Cleveland at home over Arizona. Cleveland will get to 5-3 and three after this weekend. That's my prediction. Washington and New England. Mac Jones and the Patriots. No. Washington almost caught up and passed Philadelphia last week. Yeah. I take Washington over New England. Indianapolis and Carolina. Well, Carolina, you got yourself your win. Now you're all done. You're spent. Indianapolis is three and five. I think Indianapolis goes to four and five. I take Indianapolis over Carolina. The Giants, who just lost a real yawner against the Jets at MetLife Stadium. The Giants are going against the Raiders. I was kind of torn on this one, but you know what? McDaniels just got fired as the head coach of the of the Raiders, and I'm thinking the new guy coming in, yeah. I'm taking the Raiders. I don't think the Giants are very good. Daniel Jones is going to be out. I take the Raiders in Las Vegas. Now, here's going to be the biggest game of the week. Dallas at Philadelphia, two of the best teams in the NFC. You know, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised which way this game goes. Who knows? Dallas 5-2, and two, Philadelphia 7-1. and one. I take Philadelphia at home, and the only reason I'm taking them is because they're at home. Otherwise, I, I would if I'm in Vegas, I don't put any money on this game. I don't touch this game. Buffalo at Cincinnati. Now, yeah, Joe, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals are for real. I'm taking Cincinnati. Buffalo seems to be out of sorts lately. They seem to be having trouble. Then we got the Monday night game where my New York Jets will be hosting the Los Angeles Chargers of SoFi, the roommates to the Rams in L.A., sort of. Well, I'm taking the Jets because of the defense, and I think the total points scored in that game will probably be 46. I would probably expect this game to be somewhere around 
27-17, something like that. So I'm taking 46 total points in that game. Okay, those are my predictions. That's my review from last week. Congratulations again to the Texas Rangers as the World Series champions. Yeah, baby. Give them the cheers. <laughs> <laughs> well, Texas has finally got themselves a World Series championship, so congratulations to you guys. All right, that is Season 5, Episode 26 of JV to the Pros. I'm Jack Vecchio, and I would like to thank you very, very much for listening. And we're going to change our outgoing music just for Burt Young who played Polly in the Rocky movies. Rest in peace, Burt Young, Richard Roundtree, and Matthew Perry. Until we connect again, I'm Jack Vecchio. I want to thank you, the listeners. I want to thank... Producer Karen, the Queen of Queens, New York, for putting the show together. And we will see you next week for Season 5, Episode 27 of JV to the Pros. <laughs>